the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Woody, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with George Euling. George is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and he is also the president of the Darden Outdoors Club. I recently connected with George to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, how he spent his first year summer, as well as plans for the Darden Outdoors Club in the year ahead. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with George Julian. George, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here. This is a, a great opportunity, so thank you. Yeah, for our, our listeners, they, they don't know about what's in the background, people's screen views when we record these things. We record them via Zoom and um, got some bike tires, a bike behind, a couple bikes behind you. Um, is that is that something that you enjoy? Yeah, yeah. So I am a huge cyclist. Uh, my my office in my apartment here in Charlottesville is, is taken over with bicycles and all the associated parts that go with it. I uh, have actually joined the UVA team as well. I spend some time cycling with them. Uh, I spend a lot of time with Darden folks, um, and I enjoy doing road cycling and some of the ultra-endurance gravel races as well. There's plenty of opportunities in Charlottesville. It's a great place for, for all kinds of, of biking, and I've spent a lot of time uh, in the surrounding area, and it's a great way to explore, too. I feel like I have a, a really interesting perspective and a, a great way to see all the local towns. Do you ever get out there on Skyline Drive? You occasionally see cyclists out there. Um, quite a lot of hill work. Um, but nevertheless, some beautiful views. I have, I have. And when I moved here, I thought I'd be there more, given how iconic it is and how beautiful it is. But there's so much stuff right here. I don't actually have to drive out there. I can leave right from my house, get a lot of those same great views of a lot of those hills here in Charlottesville and, and right in the surrounding towns. Well, great. I had to ask about the bikes because they're they're right in right in your view, and and you got a couple in there and. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing more about that. I'm sure we'll talk more about outdoor activities, a little, little bit of a spoiler alert for folks um, here. Uh, but tell, tell us a little bit more about how things are going and how's everything? Yeah, things are pretty great. So I am in uh, the second quarter of my second year. So almost almost 75% done with Darden. Uh, that's it's gone faster than I expected. And it's it's great to be here. Um, after spending the summer in my internship coming back, it was so nice to see everybody, um, have made a lot of really great friends and enjoying the time in Charlottesville, uh, with those people as, as much as I can, uh, before we all go our separate ways. I think it's a, a great time in Charlottesville, uh, mid to late fall. The weather's perfect. There's so much to do. Uh, I think we've just passed some of the peak fall colors, but uh, it's it's been sunny and nice, cool mornings, warm afternoons, plenty of opportunity to get outside or or sit in the uh, the courtyard right outside the Darden building. Well, tell us a little bit more about who you are and and your background before coming to Darden. Sure, sure. I studied mechanical engineering in undergrad, and at the time, I really thought that I wanted to build robots. That was the the life goal, the career goal, and. I, for a variety of reasons, uh, decided to pursue something different after after graduation and, and worked at a 
big consulting firm doing tech consulting, um, mostly related to the cloud um, in the public sector, helping government agencies uh, migrate onto AWS or some of those other big cloud providers. And it was a uh, it was a great experience. Uh, it was definitely the the right move, and I enjoyed it. Met a ton of great people. Had the opportunity to move to Northern Virginia and spent a lot of time in a great area doing some really cool stuff. The future in professional services, um, it's great. There's a lot of opportunity. It was something that I felt pulled me further and further away from the actual technology and more into relationships and building clients and and selling new work, um, which is absolutely necessary for any professional services firm. But I wanted to stay a little bit closer to the technology. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, you know, client problems. And I loved understanding what they were going through. I loved talking to the engineers about how we could actually solve it, what was easy, what was hard, how much time it was going to take. And I started to look for a couple other jobs. And I realized that the jobs I really wanted uh, required an MBA. So was looking for product management at a big tech company. Um, doesn't strictly require an MBA, but there is a, there is a path there, a well-worn path and so I, I decided to pursue an, an MBA. Um, and that's what I did this past summer was work as a technical product manager at a big tech company. Uh, enjoyed it. I'll be going back. Um, and Darden has been a great stepping stone in that journey. How did you originally get interested in, in robots or maybe technology generally? What was the initial spark for you? Started middle school, probably. Um, my... My school had a robotics program. We built Legos, Lego robots after after school and met a lot of good friends. We built some things that I really enjoyed. Um, and it was just a ton of fun to hang out with your buddies after school and build something, figure it out, go through the process of understanding how this all works. And I saw mechanical engineering as a path to do that full time. And I wanted to use technology to automate something, right? I wanted to be able to find someone who had a problem and, and automate something away from, from their life so that they could go and, and do the other things they'd rather do. And I think that part of it is probably still consistent. I think that's a lot of what product managers talk about is what can we build to improve our customer experience. But um, the, the actual day-to-day -day is a lot different than I envisioned when I was 12 years old. Yeah, that's uh, always interesting to hear how people get that initial spark. Um, and it also sounds like along this journey, you did some soul searching around, uh, well, there's this professional services path, uh, or do I want to go more uh, this technology path? Um, how did you ultimately, were there any steps uh, that you did to investigate that decision? Or was it just one of these moments, you, you had this moment of clarity where you're like, I'm getting pulled away from the, the thing I really want to do most here? Yeah, um, my college internships were very engineering focused, um, building physical things. Uh, one of them, I worked in manufacturing, improving processes. One of them, I created some uh, automated solutions to yeah, whatever. I was physically building things. And towards the end of undergrad, I started to attend more and more career services events. And I just really liked the people at the consulting firms. Um, they were they were closer to my age. 
Uh, they were living in a big city. Uh, it seemed more dynamic. Things move pretty fast and the clients and the projects changed. And at the time, I wasn't ready to say, I want to work in this, whatever it would be for a long time. And that's what happens in a lot of, a lot of engineering is um, there's a lot of domain knowledge that gets built up for a long period of time, which is essential. Um, but it means that a lot of people work on very similar things for, for a very long period of time. And I saw uh, consulting as a way to try a lot of different things fast. And, and I did. And I never would have found uh, the cloud domain uh, w- without trying that. Things that I did truly end up uh, enjoying and hope to stay involved with. Well, I appreciate your sharing that. You mentioned coming to this realization that an MBA uh, would be the right next step for you. How did you get interested in Darden specifically? I had a couple criteria that narrowed down a, a long list of, of MBA programs. Uh, and for me, I wanted something that wasn't in a big city. Uh, as you know, we've talked about already, I'm, I'm very into the outdoors. And Charlottesville is very close to so much of that great outdoor experience, being so close to Shenandoah, the George Washington National Forest. And I wanted an MBA program that was on the smaller side. Uh, I, went, I went to a big undergrad, worked at a big company for big clients, and I wanted to try something that was a little bit different. And I wanted a, a general management-focused MBA. Uh, Darden places people everywhere, pulls people from every industry all over the world, and it doesn't feel like it has one industry focus so much. Um, coming from engineering, working in tech consulting, going back to a tech company, I knew that I was going to have this one opportunity in my career to surround myself with people who were not just also in technology. I'm curious about your point around uh, wanting to do a general management MBA. Was it, um, how'd you come to that realization? Because it, it sometimes seems for folks who are on that tech path that they could pick something that's very tech focused or um, has a bit more of, of that flavor to it than say, oh, general management. How'd you, how'd you come to that realization? Well, that's a good question. I think there's uh, part of it was doing the same thing for a few years. Um, and I felt like everybody I knew was doing the same thing. Um, everybody was living in Northern Virginia, working for a big tech consulting company, everybody that, of, of my friend group. And this was an opportunity to do something different than that. I, I felt like I was having a lot of the same conversations all the time. Um, and I didn't really see that changing if I went to go work for a a big tech company. And that was a personal and career motivated decision as well. I think from a personal perspective, it's really awesome to have friends who have come from backgrounds in, in international development and biotech and you know undergrad admissions and all of these other things that are so unrelated to what I was doing. And from a professional perspective, it's great too, because everybody came from something interesting and they're gonna go do something interesting. Um, it's, it's a network that's broader than just tech. I'm also curious, how did you think about the case method uh, when you were a prospective student? As you might uh, imagine, we get a number of questions from prospective students about the case method. What is it? I'm trying to wrap their heads around this learning experience. And so how did you think about it when you were doing your research? It was something that added to the social side of Darwin to me. 
Uh, I, I don't know if that's always the opinion that people have. Like I said, I was looking for the smaller schools, something that would have a strong community. And the case method incentivizes you to, to speak up in class, uh, to support your learning team, and be a, a valuable member of the community. And going along the theme of finding different perspectives outside of just another tech consultant, it really, really opens that up. And I've been able to hear from a lot of people um, about their experiences uh, doing things that I, I never would have expected. You know, how does the Peace Corps compare to uh, building infrastructure in, in Africa versus tech consulting? How would we solve these, these same problems? Um, and understanding that uh, different perspectives has been great. But then it also just encourages people to interact um, all the time. I mean, it, Darden is a very highly dynamic environment. Uh, there's people talking, there's the building is full. There are people having conversations in the hallways. And a lot of those people were on my learning team or in section C with me. And those relationships were built in part because we have to be prepared and speak during the case method, during the actual cases in class. I appreciate uh, that, that point about the implications of what the case method is as a learning experience, but the implications of it uh, for your experience outside of the classroom too, right? You're building a lot of that connection in the classroom and that obviously um, gets further built and explored through extracurricular activities and all the other social stuff that happens uh, at Darden. Uh, you mentioned also being focused on, a, well, maybe a smaller school or in a, in a college town or thinking about um, intentionally choosing not to be in, in, in a big city. I think there's that's also one of the things that, are, that has some say in the community here uh, at Darden, this kind of layering uh, that happens, your academic experience and social experience all being uh, around around the school. Yeah, and, and it's definitely true at, at Darden. Uh, the Darden building is physically separated from the rest of grounds. Uh, everybody lives in a couple apartment complexes that are right nearby. And I was reflecting on that just yesterday when I walked back from class and I think I said hi to five or 10 different people in my 10 minute walk from the Darden building to my house. And I don't know <laughs> when I'm ever going to have that high level of interaction, just walking from you know, work to home and see so many friends so often. And everybody is part of the Darden community. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty great. I think everybody wants to be here, wants to be at Darden. Um, and, you know, I, it was COVID when I was, was going through the application process but the, uh, the reputation that I've heard from so many of the schools in the big cities is that that's different. Uh, people have different social lives. They've been there before, they just moved there. They, they live in different neighborhoods. Um, Charlottesville is not like that. Everybody's part of the Darden community. And that was exactly what I was looking for. So you come to Darden, you're a first year student. There's a lot of adjustment that happens in that first year. Uh, what was that process like for, for you? I, I, we always try to share here on the podcast that everybody has learning curves um, and everybody's kind of going through this process together um, and has things to add and also things to learn. So um, what was your first year like? 
very different than work. That's for sure. Uh, it was not it was not the corporate job anymore uh, in in so many ways. So I, I went to Darden before Darden, which is the one week ish program where you get introduced to the the case method. Uh, you meet a ton of people and you go through a lot of the basic academic concepts that underpin your first year at Darden. And that was great. Uh, we were given a learning team, which uh, was not our real learning team that we kept through the rest of the year, but those people are still some of my best friends, um, people that I'm going to talk to and hang out with on any given week. And it was nice. I remember thinking that it was really nice to be learning again and being hit with so many new concepts so fast uh, was different than some parts of my job where I felt like I had gotten a little bit repetitive, uh, a little bit stuck. And finance specifically was the first thing that stuck out to me is, well, this is, this is cool. I, I don't know any of this. Um, this was never in any curriculum I had before. And it brings to light so many of the, the discussions around just, I mean, macro economy and things that people talk about all the time. Um, and I started to feel like I had a better handle on what a lot of people were, were talking about. Um, and your, my schedule changed too. So when you're working, you work during the week, have the weekends free mostly, but, uh, the schedule is, is a little bit more dynamic at Darden, uh, go to class in the morning, learning teams in the evenings, you have a free block in the afternoon that gets filled with, with something. Uh, Sunday nights are back to studying and, and prepping for cases for the next day. So the schedule is, is definitely different uh, than uh, corporate life. How did you figure out the schedule that worked uh, for you? I mean, there's a lot of consistencies, right? Um, the, the morning uh, class, the learning team meetings in the evenings, but my sense just from talking with students here on the podcast is that everybody kind of has a slightly different approach to figuring out how to make school work for them. And, um, course, which makes sense. Like we all learn differently. We all, you know, kind of manage our time differently. So how did, how did you uh, figure out a schedule that really worked for you? Yeah, it was a layering process. Some of the stuff is immutable. You can't change when class times are for uh, core during your first three quarters, they are, they are set. Learning team meetings are generally consistent. They're in the evenings and you can work with your team to change individual ones, but those don't change that much. They're pretty set. And then the, the corporate events, uh, obviously everyone at an MBA program is motivated to, to find an internship and then find a job. So that stuff fills in a lot of the gaps. And that's where the afternoons come in with uh, calls with recruiters, networking, and filling in the, the big afternoon gap in the academic calendar. And then uh, social life and uh, bicycling after that. And that was where I, I was able to fill in um, everything that wasn't already taken by those, those first two things. And that's pretty much how I... I ordered it. It was a, it was a ranking exercise and, um, you know, not every time there were exceptions, but I think that's how I made it work. 
And I, I felt like I was able to do it all in the sense that I, I was able to spend time socially and riding my bike, even though I didn't put those at the top of the list. Yeah, it's important, I think, for folks to hear about that prioritization, right? Because you do have to kind of figure out, at least this is my sense from talking with students, what's most important right now um, and what is where should your energy be going? You can't do everything all the time. Um, so what's your, your biggest priority? Uh, George, I appreciated your earlier point about the joy of learning. I think oftentimes when we talk about MBA programs, we're focusing on maybe points of stress for students. Oh, I didn't know about this or I didn't know about that. Um, but ideally, you know, learning new things, being in a class again, after you've worked for a while, maybe you have a different perspective on on that. But being back in school, being around a really interesting group of people, ideally, that's that's exciting um, to folks. Um, uh, it sounds like it was for you. I would say it was a pleasant surprise. I had an idea of where I wanted to go post Darden. I had a, a step from here I am, then Darden, then, then that's where I want to go. To be totally candid, the learning was just kind of part of that, something that was just a necessary part of getting an MBA. And <laughs> that's, uh, you know, I don't mean to diminish the academic nature of Darden because it's it's great. Uh, and then I came here and, and I find myself really enjoying class. Uh, like I said, finance was totally new to me. I didn't actually have any of that beforehand. And then the electives I'm taking now as a second year are phenomenal. I've gone back to a lot of the professors that I had in my core curriculum because I like them so much. Uh, finance, economics, uh, strategy are all professors that I've gone back to and have taken more classes from them specifically because I enjoy their teaching style and their and their research. And learning something new is more fun than I remembered. Um, it doesn't it doesn't quite feel like undergrad where I was just kind of stuck in going to class, keep going, right? Um, it does feel like a nice reprieve from from work that I'm able to pick up something new and and really understand and talk to people about it, talk to experts about it. One of the things that we sometimes hear from students, and I think you touched upon it earlier, is as they get into these classes, all of a sudden they understand how the world works a lot more clearly, right? So these new stories that you see, whether it's a, a Fed update or some story about a company and uh, some challenges that they may be experiencing, get a completely different perspective. Uh, on those headlines that you did previously. It, it actually is interesting to me. We ask the faculty sometimes for recommendations of what students should do prior to the start of school. Um, oftentimes people will say, well, start reading the Wall Street Journal or um, similar news publication, um, The Economist. Um, some folks will even say, just pick a company uh, and follow uh, their stock and just see um, what the news related to that company is, because you're going to have quarterly earnings calls and all this kind of stuff. There's going to be reaction to that just to get a sense of how people talk about a firm in the environment. And I th always think like that, that experience has to look like one thing before the start of school. And then you get into school and you start learning all this stuff. You just have so much more context for what you're encountering. It's funny you mentioned reading uh, the news, Wall Street Journal specifically first, because that's that's what I did. I mean, that's the advice I received. It's, it's a subscription that I had, and I spent a lot of time reading it. And it's the same information. It just makes a lot more sense where you understand the implications a lot better. Um, 
especially right now when the when everybody's concerned about the the overall economy and understanding a lot of the the concepts that underpin the motivations from individual actors or the companies that you read about the fed and what are the implications of any course of action uh, as we talk about fed interest rates or earnings season and things like that uh, that's where finance was was really helpful but also um, a gem which is the the core econ class and accounting too uh, I was was not expecting that but uh, it was great to be able to understand a lot of these actual financial terms but how do they how do they get to these numbers and sometimes they're a little bit uh, you know, what they say is finance and accounting are a little bit divorced. And, and what does that mean for, for the markets and, and how people are motivated as they lead companies? All that kind of stuff feeds into a, a better understanding of everything that I read uh, in these publications. So how'd you spend your, your first year summer? Um, it sounds like you had a, a good summer. How did, how'd you spend it? Yeah, I was working at a big tech company out in LA in their uh, media and entertainment group. And that was great. Um, I was living in Santa Monica. I was working just 10 minutes down the road. And I got to do what I wanted to do, which was work with uh, the customers, understand what they need, what they're, what they're trying to get out of any given entertainment experience and then work with the engineers to figure out how do we build it what's possible what could we build and i had the opportunity to work with a lot of different groups uh, when i was there so i worked with the artist relations teams which are the people that go out and talk to these these big name artists or the representatives of these big name artists get them in for an interview create content that was specific to our platform I worked with some of the product managers that were there that were overseeing what this actually looked like from a customer experience. Um, and that was a little bit of content strategy, a little bit of tech strategy, a little bit of overall growth and how do we increase engagement. And then I worked with the engineers. And like I said before, what do we build? What can we build? How is it possible? What are the requirements? How long is it going to take? And putting together that giant puzzle uh for an expansion for one of our projects or one of our products and was able to to deliver something and i thoroughly enjoyed the team um and also i the, the entertainment industry was really interesting that was not something that i had planned on um i did not um set out to be in the entertainment industry i was put there and it was great I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the conversations make so much sense from day one. There are some industries that are very, um, you, can, you can go into them and like when I was working in public services um, and you would try and understand how the government buys things or what the government is like as a customer, what their um, approval process looks like or their, their financing process. It's, it's a different, it's, it's all on its own working in, in media and entertainment was great because I show up on day one and they're like, well, we want to get this big name artist in the studio next week. And we think that the customers would enjoy this type of content. And it's so easily relatable because I, I could be that customer. You could be that customer. Everybody's that customer. 
And um, I felt like it helped me get up to speed really quickly in those 12 weeks that I spent there because it was such a relatable um, experience for the customer. I mean, we all have music streaming in, in some way. So um, that part I, I really enjoyed. And, you know, it helps you explain to everybody else what you did too, right? It's It becomes a much easier translation when someone asks what you do over the summer and uh, you can talk about the music industry and, and something like that because that's something that everybody's familiar with. Yeah, and it feels like uh, you think about, well, competition for eyeballs, ears, all this kind of stuff. Like it's all about content these days for even even streaming platforms, how you get more engagement. An artist comes out with an album. How do you turn it into like a multimedia experience, uh, whether it's interviews or exclusive content, all this kind of stuff? Like it's a it's a huge business at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a it's a multi-sided business when we are trying to create custom content as well. So not only do you have to understand what the the general consumer is looking for, uh, what are the trends there? What do they uh, want out of their experience? Uh, do they want more music? Do they want more audio? Do they want more generic content? Do they want like artist-specific features? Which artists, what do they talk about? And then there's an artist selling point too. Why should they be involved? What are the, what's the ROI for them? Um, their time is incredibly valuable. How do you actually get some of that time? How do you justify uh, that this is a, a value add to them as well? And there's there's a whole two-sided market to, to the content business in which these, these streaming platforms play a part of and understanding both sides. And I, I was working on a team that had products for both the consumer and for the artists. And that was... Um, a pretty cool spot to be. And, and we spent a lot of time understanding what gets people coming back. Why do we uh, have success here? Or why do we not have success with, with this you know, certain set of content or this demographic? What if we have more um, of X, Y, and Z type artists, this genre, what will that do? And that was exactly the kind of question I was looking for. Uh, or looking to try and answer when I wanted to move away from consulting into product management. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and when the customer is so easily relatable, uh, it's a ton of fun. And there are less individual relationship building uh, efforts with like individual clients. And it's more about what do we do for this broad spectrum of, of people. Um, and that's, you know, both of which are, are necessary in life. The world needs professional services firms. Um, but I, I enjoy working with some of the more consumer based products that have such a bad, a broad, uh, customer base that I'm able to, to solve problems for. Was your Darden experience helpful to you and, and the work that you were doing this summer? Yeah. Yeah. I think especially the, the soft skill part of it. Um, come into a room where you don't know anybody and you got to put an opinion forward. Uh, that's, that's the case method and being able to build relationships quickly with, with a lot of different people. Um, and then it was pretty, pretty techie 
from that perspective. So some of the, the more technical classes at, at Darden, like decision analysis, uh, data visualization and analytics, um, those kind of things to understand, not just how to use Tableau, but also the, the science that underpins a lot of that um, is, is important. So I, I spent a lot of time working with business uh, intelligence analysts, uh, people who are actually putting together these, these dashboards and pulling the data um, and understanding some of the statistics behind that, how they're actually doing their job was essential for me because that was a huge part of how the team was evaluated was the data that was pulled. How do we get more customers, increase customer engagement, all that kind of stuff. And understanding where that came from, it's probably a bunch of disparate data sets that get pulled into a Tableau file. Um, but that, that process and, and who's actually doing it um, was a huge driver for the team because that's, like I said, that's how they were evaluated. Um, and having that experience at Darden helped me understand the, the background behind it. So you come back to Darden, it's your second year, you're taking electives, and you're also in, involved uh, with club and organization leadership. One of the things that you're doing is you're president of the Darden Outdoors Club. Um, what's called the DOC, I believe, in uh, Darden parlance. Uh, I got this whole alphabet soup of acronyms and abbreviations to keep in keep in mind. It's not just your classes; it's also extracurricular clubs and organizations. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to take on a club leadership position, and what attracted you to the Outdoors Club? I was always attracted to the Outdoors Club from day one. I didn't realize that uh, I wanted to take on a leadership position until I got here, but it's so much of where I spend my free time, hiking and backpacking, not just cycling, and uh, going out into the the national forest and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And I got here and they put on a ton of great events and I wanted to be part of it. There's some staple events that we put on every year, the first year camping trip right before uh, orientation for the incoming first year class, the second year camping trip right after class starts is a reunion for everybody who is gone for the summer to come back and get to see each other again. We're putting on a couple different ski trips. We have uh, a partnership with a lot of different clubs where we'll run a joint event with them. We have a, an event with the Latin American Student Association next weekend where we're going to uh, have a barbecue and hike. Uh, we'll, we'll run the hikes and they'll run the barbecue. Uh, we have a weekly hiking series where we can get people outside uh, every weekend and people who don't necessarily have experienced skiing or backpacking or whitewater rafting, and they can come um, and get introduced to the outdoors just through Charlottesville, in Charlottesville that way. And um, that was actually a lot of my summer too. A lot of those events happen very soon in uh, my second year. So the first year camping trip, uh, happened before I even got back to Charlottesville. I was still in uh, Los Angeles at the time. And uh, there's some awesome people who are also officers on the on the Outdoors Club board. So they were able to help and get that off the ground. Um, and we get back to Charlottesville and we have the second year camping trip immediately. That was the, the next weekend. So all of that planning happened over the summer as well. And... Um, how do we call campsites and collect dues and pay deposits and advertise to the incoming class? Um, they didn't even have darned emails yet. 
we have to go find the, the Facebook group or the group me that they belong to and, and advertise them to them where they are. And um, so the, that stuff came pretty heavy uh, through the beginning of, of the year. We uh, had the, uh, the ski trip planned. Uh, the, the person who runs the ski trip is, is awesome. And she had that all planned in September. Um, we have a whitewater rafting trip in September. So it all comes really fast for the, the outdoors club. Um, in July, August, September. And so we've now moved into um, smaller events, I would say. We're not, uh, we're not running the massive 100-person, expensive, big uh, mainstay events, but we're still doing multiple things every weekend. So, for example, this Friday, we're going to have a, a sporting place a, uh, a shotgun shooting event with the Darden Military Association and then a barbecue afterwards. Um, on Friday, we are running a, a hike with the weekly hiking series. We're going to go to The Priest, which is a mountain uh, right outside Charlottesville. On Saturday night, we have a different trip that's going backpacking uh, and they're able to uh, go into the wilderness and, and spend a night out there on a Saturday night, come back on a Sunday. Um, the week after that, we're doing that barbecue with the Latin American student association. So it, it does not end. Uh, we've got, we've got so much going on, but these, these events are a little bit smaller, 10 to 15 people each instead of the, the hundreds of the first, you know, first couple of events in September. Well, what are your goals for the club? I mean, I, I think about this as a club, just in my own sort of layperson's understanding here of that's always got something going on to, to your latest points here. Um, lots of activities, some of these signature events that happen every single year. Uh, when you come in as the president, you know, you try to make your mark or do something a little bit different. Um, what What's your goal uh, for the, the Outdoors Club this year? Something for everybody. Uh, it's it's a big aspiration. And I think we're we're pretty far along that path because everybody has a different level of experience in the outdoors. Um, there are people who have, have never hiked before. Um, there are people who have been skiing their entire life. There are people who've never slept a night outside. There are people that have lived outside for months at a time. So uh, adding events that appeal to the cross-section of Darden uh, is difficult. And that's part of the reason why we have such a broad spectrum of events is I would like to have the DOC be a, a doorway for people who are new to the outdoors to get introduced to an activity that they, that they like, whether that's hiking or whitewater rafting or skiing. And for people who are experienced in those things to have opportunities to continue their favorite hobby uh, in a place like Charlottesville that has so many great options for that. And that's why we have so many events in even one weekend. I mean, this is a particularly busy weekend, but that's why we'll have uh, the collaboration with the Dart Military Association. We'll have a hike and we'll have a backpacking trip. And all of those uh, will appeal to a slightly different person uh, who has different levels of experience, different activities that they're interested in. Uh, there's going to be overlap for sure, but the goal is to create something uh, that, that appeals to everybody. Um, the secondary goal was to have something every weekend. So far we have, um, we'll see if we can do that for the whole year. And 
we've kept the mainstay big events, the first year camping trip, the second year camping trip, the whitewater rafting and the, and the ski trip. And we've added so much of the small stuff, the things that have an invite for 10 people, 15 people. Um, we send an email a few days before and you can go on a hike. And that kind of stuff helps fill out the calendar. Um, and especially for uh, big weekends where some people are already going to a football game or they're going to a conference. But not everybody does those things. What about the, the rest of us who, who didn't, for whatever reason, that weekend go to that big event? Um, so optionality is, is great for students as well. So um, so far, we've, we've done a lot. Um, I'm pretty proud of, of the work that the officers have, have done and all of the, the stuff that we've been able to pull off. I want to come back to the point that you made about your elective choices. Um, you may know this, George. We get a lot of questions from prospective students uh, about electives. Um, to do a concentration or, or not? How do students pick electives? And from the admissions perspective, trying to channel the student experience, we say, well, it's a little bit all over the place. But when I talk to students about this, I, I hear them say things like, well, that class just seemed interesting to me or I just like that faculty member. Um, I wanted to take another class from them, or I'd heard good things about this other faculty member. It, it's not necessarily the case, at least in, in my experience, that people are to, you know, focused exclusively on, I've got to get this concentration. You may meet a student or, or two that's kind of motivated in, in that way, but how, how did you how did you pick uh, your your electives or what's been your kind of driving uh, thoughts uh, as, as, you've, as, you chose, as you've chosen classes in your second year? There are two main motivations. You touched on them already, uh, professor and domain area. And I looked through the classes for the things that were tech focused. There is a class on product management. There's a class on software design. There's a, a machine learning or data science and business class. And all that kind of stuff is directly applicable to my career. Those are an easy add. The other part of it is professors that I really like. Um, I'm taking economics of, of uh, money and banking uh, because I really like the professor the strategy classes and uh, a private equity finance class, which was a lot of work, but uh, I love the professor. So um, those are the two main areas of, of how I pick and how I choose. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of word of mouth that goes into that. Uh, people who have taken the elective before, you know, my my classmates are the class above me. Um, this is great. Well, I don't know the professor. No, the professor's great. You should take it. So that part of it goes into it as well. Um, and I do feel like I'm getting a cross section of of academics in the sense that there is part of my schedule that is focused on technology and product management and software, but that's half a little less than half of the classes I'm taking. Um, I don't have a concentration in mind. I'm not working towards a specific um, minor concentration or whatever. Um, it's, it's much more about the individual classes of any given quarter um, than it is about trying to fill in uh, some of those checkboxes. Well, I wonder what you're excited about as you look ahead in, in the remaining months of, of your second year. Time does really fly in an MBA program. I think it's fair to say it moves very, very quickly. So 
what's exciting to you uh, about what's uh, what's to come for you in your second year? Uh, top of mind is the Darwin Worldwide course. Uh, so spring break, uh, we'll go to Vietnam. Uh, got to select that one, which I'm really excited about. There were a ton of options, uh, Italy, Australia, Bahrain, uh, South Africa, and Vietnam to me stuck out as something that I don't know much about, never been. And it's a great opportunity to go, uh, both with a bunch of friends to go to another country and also as an, an academic environment, learn about uh, what's going on in Vietnam and some of the sustainable farming and things that uh, they're doing there to, to combat climate change. And that's a 10 day ish trip. And I'm really, really excited. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to my friends about that. And that's actually the second DWC for some of my friends. They've gone and uh, they went at the end of last year in May and they're still ready and happy to do another one, uh, which makes me even more excited about it, that um, these are good experiences and people keep coming back to them. Um, I would say that's the the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, and the second part of that is being in Charlottesville, uh, being in, in Central Virginia and spending as much time as I can um, on Skyline Drive, like you mentioned, and uh, in the area around Charlottesville. Um, I'll move away after graduation and I want to spend as much time as I can understanding um, and, and you know, visiting all of these places in Virginia. I've also spent um, a lot of time checking out sandwich shops the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Been to Ivy Provisions, uh, uh, Bel Air Market, uh, Foods of All Nations, just like in the past week, because I want, I, that's what everybody talks about when they come back to Charlottesville. Oh, my favorite sandwich shop or my favorite restaurant or something like that. And now's the time. I got to go do those things while I'm still here. No take it away yet? In your sandwich excursion? No, no. I'll add that to the list. Um, I think Bill and Mark is my favorite so far. Um, but there are a ton of good options in Charlottesville, especially for a town this size. There's a lot of, of restaurants and places to go. I was reading through uh, a pamphlet that had been put together for um, one of our upcoming admitted student days and noted that there are more restaurants per capita in Charlottesville than in New York City, uh, <laughs> which I can believe, um, just based upon, to your point, the sheer number of restaurants. I mean, you mentioned three sandwich shops, and that's not an exhaustive list. You can actually get much deeper. There's there's Take It Away. There's JM Stock Provisions, which isn't per se a sandwich shop, shop, but they do serve sandwiches from time to time. Kind of like you have to follow their Instagram account, basically, to know if they're going to have sandwiches there. Um, they always look amazing. I say this to somebody who's working in Northern Virginia, just uh, trying to keep up with what's going on in Charlottesville. I mean, it's a very deep well. We're just talking about one category of, of restaurants. So um, no shortage of places to eat when you find yourself in Charlottesville. Yeah, those are just the ones that are within walking distance of my apartment. That's where I've started. And then uh, ex exploring from there. Uh, but seriously, that's what every alumni tells me is they come back and they go to their favorite Sandwich shop usually. Um, I'm not that much of a foodie, you know. I'm not. I'm not too big into the restaurant scene, but uh, I do appreciate um, being able to go out to some of my different places here in Charlottesville. Um, and I hadn't 
really yet. And this is, you know, the second year, this is the the time to go explore all those places. So I can have a conversation with everyone who has opinions about all these kind of things. Um, but also it's just great food. Well, George, we asked the same last, last question of our guest here on the podcast. And I wonder uh, what piece of advice would you share with our prospective student listeners? It's a marathon. Something that I wish I had appreciated. That's what I would have told myself three years ago. There's tests and essays and admissions, and then you get here, and then there's networking and interviews, more tests, just academic in nature. And I always felt like I was one step away from like, oh, I just I just have to take the GMAT and then I'm done. Um, it's a it's a long process, um, but it works out. I had points throughout the whole process. Where I'm like, why am I doing all this work? Like I already have a job. Why am I doing like a part-time job on top of it just to get into school and go? I'm glad I did. And um, I wish I had taken a little bit more of the multi-year perspective on the work required um, and maybe taken a few moments for myself and, and stepped away from maybe the essays at, you know, late in the night and just went to bed. Um, but it's, it's worth it. Um, and it, it takes a while, but there's, there's definitely a payoff at the end. And it's a great point, uh, to kind of manage your energy through this because there's always, always something else that you're working on or that you have uh, to look forward to. Even when you get to graduation from your MBA program, well, uh, you're going to start a new job. You're going to be new somewhere. You're going to have to learn all kinds of new things. There's always going to be another thing and another another thing. So maybe you also celebrate uh, the journey as you go along. There's lots of lots of achievements along the way, whether it's I finished the first quarter or I've made it through my first semester or I got that interview that I was really hoping to uh, had a great networking call, whatever the case may be. You got to take those moments, too. Yeah, it's easy to be lost in the grant. Well, George, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great talking with you. And, um, you know, so appreciate your coming on the podcast to talk about the Outdoors Club. I really appreciated your point about trying to offer something for everyone. I think that means uh, a lot in a place that says, you know, as community oriented at Darden to allow, you know, people to kind of get out there and, you know, say it's not this activity, but it might be another activity to really kind of try to serve the entire student population. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. So happy, always, always happy to talk about the Outdoors Club. And that was my interview with George Ewan, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023 and the president of the Darden Outdoors Club. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe. Be well, and thanks for listening.